You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 4th, episode 3092, brought to you by today by State Line Tech. Good morning, Horse World. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate it. Today on our Daily Dose Health segment, we're going to have Elaine Blickleback. She's going to talk to us about winter enrichments and activities for your horses. Also in Horses in History, we meet the amazing Dr. Key, who was teaching kindness to animals long before anybody else, and the first weird news of the year. All of that coming up today. But I wanted to remind our Northeast friends that it's the big event of the year. Every beginning of January, I mentioned that it's time for the 107th Pennsylvania Farm Show. It's the largest indoor ag event in the country, taking place in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, along the river. <laughs> Excuse me. And it, uh, I have some numbers here for you. You want some numbers? Yeah, bring it on. Because this is like a, an indoor ag show. Is that like a 4 H kind of thing? It's, or is it like an equine affair horses, kind of thing? Cows, chickens, ducks, uh, every kind of animal you can imagine in competition, along with. You know, the large pumpkins and people's pies. and Oh, you know. God, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, it's huge. There's a million square feet indoors for this. Oh, wow. It's enormous. There is. I'm tw- assuming it's heated Pennsylvania, yes. January. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's always an ice storm. You know next week's going to be bad weather because of the farm show. There's okay. always something, a snowstorm, an ice storm. Something always happens during the farm show. We used to go all the time. You go every year. It's just a thing. And they're expecting up to about 600,000 people this year. Some oh, days, the busy days, they'll get up to 100,000 people in a day. Um, so there's 12,000 competitive exhibits, including 6,000 animals will be competing in various things. Uh, it was always fun to go in and look at the chickens and the rabbits. Is it a horse and, show too, or yes. is it just chicken? No, okay. are, uh, many different horse shows there. The big highlight there is they do some pulling and they also do... The Grand Prix. Show jumping. <laughs> they do. I don't think they do that. But they do have the draft horses there. So the draft horses there are doing their it's thing. It's pulling and barrel racing, Glenn. Don't lie. <laughs> I don't even know if there's barrel racing. This is mostly draft horse related because it's farm related. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they do a sculpture every year made out of butter. You know, it's in this. <laughs> in, yeah, that's right. Of course they do. <laughs> it's a butter sculpture. Um, and it's 1,000 pounds of butter. And it's huge. I mean, this thing is enormous, and they have it in a in a refrigerated glass case as you walk in. They've been doing that for like thirty years. It's like one person is like, "What do you do for a living?" I do the butter sculpture, butter sculpture. at the Pennsylvania. <laughs> and he's from farm. the town we used to live in, Carlisle. Um, so there, the food is obviously a big thing, like any other. You know, it's a farm show, <laughs> so food's a big thing. They sell 12 and a half tons of French fries, 22,000 potato donuts. 
The potato donuts are so good, by the way. And six tons of baked potatoes. Is Pennsylvania known for potato growing? They, they do grow a lot of potatoes up in the central part of the state, near State College and Penn State University and all that. And I got a story to tell you. So I was flying back to Harrisburg on a plane one day in my business days, and the guy sitting next to me was the potato guy for the farm show. He grew all the potatoes they used at the farm show. That was his only customer, and he's the one that actually ran the stand and did all of the serving of the food. It was fascinating to talk to him because he had so many stories of farm show and potatoes, and uh, it was fun. Did you get his autograph? I mean, because he's kind of a (laughs) big deal. He's the potato guy. They serve 19,000 gallons of ice cream, and that's used for ice cream cones and milkshakes, also known for its milkshakes, 7,000 pounds of mozzarella cheese, and 450 loaves of bread for grilled cheese. They do grilled cheese sandwiches. So it was just, the numbers are staggering. The place is packed with people, and you will see every animal imaginable. Okay, grilled cheese, baked potatoes, French fries, these milkshakes, these are all my favorite things. Well, it's Pennsylvania Dutch country, so you don't get anything that's not fattening. So everything is fattening in Pennsylvania Dutch country. So there you go. The Pennsylvania Farm Show next week. I haven't been in so long. I would love to go back sometime. That sounds really fun, actually. (laughs) It is fun. It's fun to see all the animals. And, of course, this is the one where the kids are sleeping with the cows. And, you know, they stay there and take care of the cows during the thing. And then they sell them all at auction at the end and for, like, bazillion dollars. uh, And people buy them just because they're supporting the kids. So, yeah, it is a lot of fun. All right. Let's uh, continue with the show. We'll do some Daily Winnies. So we have four birthdays for our auditors today. So happy birthday to Katya Korsh. Um, also to Renee Kissel, Lisa Nilsson, and Chantel Gilliland. So happy birthday to all of you. And I have to tell you something. I got an email. We had a, we had a new auditor on Monday who had an unusual name. And I said it. You didn't even make a comment on it. And she wrote to me and after and said, you got it right. So I got I one right. I didn't make a comment because it was right. <laughs> I think you thought it was wrong and you were going to comment. I was sure you were going to comment. And I was like, oh, I got it right. So there, as you say, suck it. I didn't say anything. I know Bless, I can't do anything right. Jeez, Louise. Well, you know what? I've just had a hell of a week, Glenn. Not going to lie. This morning, my I talked to you guys a little Monday about a horse that was adopted that is going to Colorado, and he is was supposed to leave today, but he then scratched his eyeball and had to go to the vet hospital. Spent the weekend there, I had to rush him to the clinic. It was just a big mess. But I, I took him to the vet to get his coggins and health cert, and she's like, mm-hmm, "There's a, there's a." There's a laceration on his eye. Anyway, it's gross and bad. Anyway, so he has to spend the weekend in the hospital. Now he's here at my house, and he's getting medicated every three days. The vet said he can't travel to go to his new home yet, maybe next week. So he's now with me, and I'm having to medicate this horse's eyeball every three hours. Yay! Um, Today, I was supposed to go on a ski trip with my family. Um, They left without me. (laughs) Your kid, too? You're all alone? Everybody's gone. I'm in the house 
by myself. I was wondering and why I, it was so quiet. I didn't hear any dishes being done. I know. Nothing's yeah. going on here because I'm the only one. Just me and, you know, the dogs and the horses. So it's uh, it's an exciting. I don't even have Farm Boy this week. He, oh, we'll so talk where he is the in the post-show. So oh, I have to do everything. Friday, Jamie's going to be in a mood. And and this horse is on stall rest, so I have to like muck a stall twice a day. Ew, I'm so tired, and I don't have farm boy to help me. Which you know, be nice to have a little, a little something something around here to help me out. <laughs> but anyway, so everybody left on a trip. Then I was like, okay, well uh, they're gonna go on the trip. I got to deal with these horses. I'll go to California and see Monty on Friday, and I can't now because I've got to medicate a horse's eyeball because he can't travel because we thought he could travel up until yesterday, and then so the vet's coming today, and then the farrier's coming this afternoon tomorrow morning. And I'm just like, oh my god, horses, horses horses. How many of you have ever had a vacation ruined because of horses? All of us. Oh, Every everybody. Every single one of us. Okay. Just I checking. guarantee you, we, we have not taken a couple because of horses. Yeah. And, and, and of course my family was like, Okay, bye. <laughs> Not like, you know what? We'll postpone. Well, no, look, bye. They're having good father-son time. Yes, yes. Hmm. So they, uh, they're they're going, and my my brother-in-law and his family are going. It's like a whole thing. It's a, you know what? Oh, and you Horses. know they're going to send you pictures just to piss you off. Oh, my sister loves it. We'll take tons of video. We'll make you feel included. And I was like, that's nice. That's good. <laughs> Jennifer's gone too. She's up visiting her mom in Pennsylvania. So I'm alone this week too. Oh my God. Please don't call me every hour. <laughs> no, I don't think I, I'll, <laughs> I'll save you from that. But you know what? what? What we forgot to do? Well, we didn't forget. We ran out of time before break. Remember uh, before break, everybody, we talked about Jamie's amazing, amazing vegetarian lasagna recipe. I made it for you when you came to visit. Yeah, first night, I think. Uh, when we were there, we had this lasagna, and it was so good. And I mean, you'd, I guessed it was vegetarian because I didn't think you'd cook a meat one. Uh, but it was really good. What I didn't know is it had Beyond Meat in it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, last time, this was much better than the first time we visited Jamie in Arizona when she tried to get us to eat tofu. And she cooked it all this special way, and it still just tasted like uh, It's delicious. Tofu. Yeah. Um, so it was not my favorite, but this time you really came through. And I was convinced there was tofu in it because I thought you would do that to me. Uh, but, <laughs> but there wasn't. And auditors reminded us they wanted the recipe. So go ahead and give it to them. We'll put it in the show notes as well. So you can just find it right there on your phone. Okay. Well, my mama taught me this and uh, I, I've, I've modified it to my personal taste so you can modify it to yours. Um so you start with the, I've never done a recipe. This is weird. Well, like modified. it was I don't really think, good. Well, I mean, it's so like you get a jar of spaghetti sauce, but like don't get crap spaghetti sauce. Get good stuff. I like Victoria's. It comes from they have it at Costco and Sprouts. It's super good. So I like it's like four ingredients. Which when you're buying a spaghetti sauce, the less ingredients, the better. So I've had the Victoria spaghetti sauce. I take a jar of that, a large container of and. Everybody has a preference, either cottage cheese or ricotta cheese. So you can kind of use either. My mama made it with cottage. I started making it with ricotta, and then I realized I like cottage cheese better. Really? Then I you, use ricotta, too. I never thought of using cottage. Yeah, well, you ate cottage cheese in yours, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, you need an egg, one cup of Parmesan cheese, a big couple handfuls of fresh spinach, chopped 
thoroughly. Now, my mama used to make spinach lasagna with frozen spinach, and you boil the frozen spinach, you squeeze all the water out. It's just (laughs) so gross. And so don't use frozen spinach. Chop fresh spinach until they're like super tiny. It's way better. Then you're going to need lasagna noodles around, I think I use nine in it. Um, and, and I, I always have to boil them and then you like, so you do cook them. a lot of recipes say you don't cook them. You just put them in and they cook. So that's the difference is, is that I, I've, I've been boiling them and then you like put them when you're drain them, you like hang them over the edge of the colander so they don't stick together. And then I found out that there's actually lasagna noodles that are, you don't have to cook first. And I've used those and it's just as good. Like it tastes really good, but you don't use none. It'll say on the package whether you have to boil it or not. And I will say that they do make good gluten-free lasagna noodles now for you. Oh, yeah, I probably should have done that for you. No, that's okay. I'm just mentioning they make them now. They didn't used to make them, but they make them now. Um, two cups, two or three cups, however much you want mozzarella cheese. I use like a little bag of mozzarella cheese and then I I like garlic salt instead of just salt and pepper. And so preheat your oven. And and one pound of ground beyond meat. Oh yeah. I didn't write that in there. Did I, Uh, I I get to that. Okay. It's there. Yep. Uh, And Um, you use the beyond kind. That's the, yes. So there's two kinds of, there's several kinds of fake ground beef. There's the morning star farms. There's the impossible meat. I don't like that one. I like the beyond meat. It tastes way better and you can buy it in like these little, you know, pound packets. Um, And so I take that and I ground that and you make sure you chop it up real good. So it's like really kind of small. Um, so anyway, preheat your oven at 375, cook or prepare the noodles to al dente. That's if you have to cook them, drain them and set them aside, separating them and laying them over the edges of the colander. Then you're going to brown your quote beef. God, I'm getting hungry talking about this. I had to write this recipe this morning. It was making me hungry. Would it be weird to make a lasagna for myself when my entire family? No, you can eat it all week and then you don't have to make one thing. God, that's so smart. Okay. <laughs> so you um, brown your, quote, beef. If you actually use real beef, dr- make sure you drain it and then return it to the pan. R- drain it, rinse it, get all that fat stuff out. Um, and then you're going to add your jar of sauce to the pan of meat and just heat it. In a large bowl, you're going to mix together your ricotta or your cottage cheese. Throw in the Parmesan cheese, crack the egg, drop that in there. Those giant handfuls of spinach, smush those in there. Top it with some garlic, salt, and pepper and stir it really, really, really good. And then you're going to let it sit for a while because if you don't, the the lasagna gets too fluffy and big. So you want it to kind of like squish down by just sitting with all the wet stuff on it. In a lasagna pan, I think it's a 9 by 11. I wrote down 9 by 11. I don't know. Uh, You're going to put a layer, a thin layer of sauce and meat mix. Okay. Then you're going to lay the noodles on top and then you're going to spread some cheese spinach mix. Then you're going to, again, lay some sauce, noodles, cheese. And then what I do at the top, I start to get a little close to the top. Then I just do another layer of noodles, cheese, and then sauce on the top. And then, you know, make a lasagna. Just do all the things, however much you can fit in. I, I usually am able to use all the cheese spinach stuff on top. Top it with cheese. And then take a um, tin foil and wrap it over the top. Give it a little extra space because if your cheese sticks to the tin foil, it it pulls all the cheese off your lasagna, and then you're sad because you have to pick the cheese off of the top of the um, 
tinfoil and eat it plain. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, anyway, cover with foil, bake it for about an 12 hour. 12 hours. It always seems like it takes like 12 hours I know, to, to bake it about for an hour <laughs> for, and take the foil off in the last 10 minutes. So it kind of browns the top. And then when you take it out, let it sit for a few minutes so you can cut it. And oh my God. It is so good. It, I had two pieces. It was really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's I really did good. not have two servings of tofu the first time, but I had two servings of this. It was really No, good. you took a bite of the corn. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think you tried it. I think you made Jennifer try it. No, I tried the tofu. It just tastes mushy. But well, this is really good. I you if you want to try a lasagna that you don't have to do it. And you know what? There's relatively few ingredients with this when you look yeah, at it. Yeah, you know when when I was in a fighter squadron, my husband was in a squadron, you have a kid, everybody brings you food. So as a vegetarian, everybody brought me lasagna <laughs> when I had a baby. Like three people brought me lasagna and I, none of them were any good. So this one is actually <laughs> the best. I've sampled a lot of different ones. It's super good. Um, and uh, yeah, again, uh, my mama kind of taught me how to do it. So it's one go. of the few things that I hold to from my mother. So yay for lasagna. God, I'm hungry now. I got to go. And we'll put that uh, whole recipe in your show notes. So you'll find it right there. So you can go cook it tonight for yourself. Yeah. 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 See, when I say like measurements, I'm like, I don't know, a couple handfuls and then like an egg and then like one of those containers of cottage. I don't know how much one of those little jar things. I don't know. Uh, So I don't really measure anything, but you just make it all fit. As long as you can just keep going, just keep going. That's right. Make it fit. If there's room, add more cheese. But don't have it over the top too big because then it'll smear out and go down the sides of your pan. <laughs> don't ask me how I know. <laughs> I wanted to mention over at StatelineTac.com before we get to our Horses and History segment uh, that if you missed winning the WinTech saddle with us, they are also giving away a WinTech all-purpose saddle. You can enter to win over there at StatelineTech.com. There's a big banner on the homepage, so just go there. Click on it and register to win. You don't even have to write a song and send it to them. You just register. (laughs) Um, So they're doing that. The uh, contest ends on the 10th, so you're going to need to register pretty quickly. And they're going to give away a WinTech saddle over there as well. The other thing they have going on, if you go to the top of the page, they have all their winter supplies highlighted. And I noticed that they have anything from blankets to bucket heaters. Do you use bucket heaters right now? I have... I have automatic heated waters. Whatever. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have the heated buckets. They have but the- I do have to put those like submergible ones in my outside tanks until Zeus decides to eat it. So do I do need a new one. <laughs> well, they because- do have the de-icers in there, you know, the ones you, that you're talking about that, you know, you burn yourself on if you aren't careful. I'll just be like, you don't need this anymore. I'm going to just chew through the wire. <laughs> That's right. He's done that three times. Thank you. They have the heated hoses. Boy, those aren't cheap, are they? Heated hoses. Those are not There's cheap. a heated hose? Yeah, That's have, a thing? Yeah, they have heated rubber hoses. And a lot of uh, people who are uh, RVers use those in the wintertime. You actually plug them in and it eats the hose. And what do I, where is it? I it's on page heated? two. Uh, when I went into that section, it's on page two. It's a K&H thermo hose rubber. This one's marked at $95. Uh, down from two sixty nine. I will tell you, I've seen these in the store for 
$250. They're crazy expensive. Oh my God, that's a genius idea though. Yeah, especially like if your RV is hooked up or your living quarters is hooked up in the winter or you just need to run water because you know how many times the hose freeze and you forget to take it off at night and then all of a sudden everything's all frozen. So all of those things. I can't water my chickens because everything freezes and I have ducks and they ruin everything. So this is a genius idea. There you go. Uh, and I mean, there's 10 pages of winter stuff in here, so you can go check it out today at statelinetech.com. Well, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to get an email uh, from Allie, by the way, who's the one that won the saddle with us. And she sent me this email before the break and said, you might want to use this for Horses in History. And that sent me down a rabbit hole. And I learned that long before Monty Roberts and Jamie Jennings, there was someone teaching kindness and patience with animals, and he was very famous at the time. Let's learn about the amazing Jim Key. I want to tell you the story of Dr. William Key and his best friend, Jim Key. Jim was a sensation across the country. In the early 1900s, he sold out venues everywhere. You see, Jim could read, write, spell, do math, tell time, sort mail, use a cash register, and a telephone. He also cited Bible passages and engaged in political debate. What is so special about Jim, you ask? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Known as the marvel of the 20th century, the greatest crowd drawer in America— the two were seen by an estimated 10 million Americans and written about in every major newspaper. Fans collected his promotional pamphlets, brochures, postcards, and photos. They bought beautiful Jim Key pennies. They wore gold pinbacks in their collars, and they competed in beautiful Jim Key essay contests. Two million children joined the Jim Key Band of Mercy and signed his pledge, I promise always to be kind to animals. Jim Key was born in 1889 and was sickly for weeks. No one really thought he would make it. You see, his owner, Dr. William Key, was a former slave and a self-taught veterinarian. Dr. Key had a reputation as an amazing horse and mule trainer, one of the few of his time that believed in training through kindness and positivity. He was also known for his tonics. He used one of them to bring Jim out of his illness. You see, Jim was out of an aging but purebred Arabian and an illustrious Hamiltonian sire. Yes, Jim, the one who could do all the amazing things, was a cult. And Dr. William Key chose to name him Jim after the wobbly local drunk, but gave him his own last name. And over time, the misfit cult transformed into a gorgeous mahogany bay. Dr. William Key was born a slave in 1833. Even as a child, Bill was recognized for having extraordinary horse-whispering and animal-healing skills, using only kindness and no force. Educated by his master, a tanner by the name of John Key, and his master's sons in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Bill later chose to protect the boys during the Civil War, serving the rebels in the battles of Fort Donelson, Stones River, and Shiloh, while also serving the Yankees and fellow slaves along the Underground Railroad. Well, he was caught and sentenced to hang as a double agent. He escaped thanks to his poker-playing genius. After the war, he went back to Shelbyville, paid off the mortgage on his dead master's fallen property, and supported his master's heirs for the rest of their lives. 
The entrepreneurial Dr. Key established a leading veterinary practice, a racetrack, a hotel, a restaurant, and made a fortune in the patent medicine business selling something called Keystone Liniment in his traveling medicine shows. He was married four times to beautiful, educated women. His third wife, Lucinda Davis, who was an MD, received her medical degree at Howard University, one of the first black women doctors licensed to practice in the state of Tennessee. He had no children of his own. He was already 56 years old when the sickly Jim was foaled. When Jim's dam died, the gangly foal refused to be separated from his owner and trainer, causing such a ruckus in the barn that Dr. Key was forced to take the colt into his home and out on the road with him to sell liniment. Traveling and performing with Dr. Key and his medicine show for the next seven years, Jim became a seasoned thespian. The doc began his serious tutelage of Jim on a whim, thinking he could teach him one letter of the alphabet, then another, and then the rest. Over seven years, he used kindness, patience, and rewards to teach Jim to read, spell, recognize money, and do basic arithmetic. From 1897 to 1906, over nine years of continuous performances, Doc Key and Jim captivated the nation. In 1897, Dr. Key was invited to serve the Negro Committee at the Tennessee Centennial Exposition in Nashville. Jim came along making his debut as an educated horse and earning the rapturous praise of President William McKinley, who declared that Jim Key was the greatest object lesson of the power of kindness that he had ever witnessed. Jim performed in the top expositions, theaters, and music halls of the nation and was a hero everywhere he went, collecting keys to cities and endorsements from educated leaders, city councils, and school boards. William Key became arguably the most recognized African-American of his time, seen by more white audiences than the more well-known black orators or performers. He made significant strides in breaking down color barriers with special performances and discounts for black audiences. At the World's Fair in Charleston, South Carolina, he and Rogers convinced the fair's planners to open its doors to African Americans for the entire day, an overwhelming financial success. The idea that a horse could actually do all that he appeared to do remains as controversial today as it did a century ago, or maybe more so now. Yet what is crucial is that by appearing to do all that was claimed of him, beautiful Jim Key and Dr. William Key managed to change the world. You can visit Jim's grave in Shelbyville, Tennessee. On his monument is inscribed, Kindness, Justice, and Mercy for All Creatures. Well, thank you to Allie for sending that in, one of our terrific auditors and the winner of the Wintex Saddle, who, by the way, I think it's been shipped. So, Allie, I think I heard it's been shipped. Now, it comes from Australia, so it could take a minute to get there. Uh, yours came from Australia, too, right? It did. When you're shipped? It did. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm on Stateline Tack right now, and I'm looking at Wintex. I'm looking at Boots. I, I, you, you okay. both, you've opened the rabbit Close hole. Wintex. Close Stateline Tack. Close the page. Okay. All right, our next guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. And today we have Elaine Blickle. She's been on before. She's a lifelong equestrian and ranch riding competitor and is the creator of Horses for Clean Water, an award-winning internationally acclaimed environmental education program for horse owners. And she did an article on the horse recently, one of our partners now, and it was called Winter Enrichments and Activities for Horses. And, you know, we thought it was an appropriate topic with winter around the country being absolutely horrible. So let's get Elaine on. Hi, Elaine. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
So uh, one of our partners now at Equine Network is thehorse.com. And so now officially we both kind of work for the same people. Um, so Elaine, you did an article on winter enrichments and activities for horses. So what do we do to help our horses in the winter and not destroy our farm? Yeah, well, it's really important to keep horses off of um, pastures that are like rain soaked or if they're grazed down to three to four inches because they're not um, actively, the pastures aren't actively growing in the wintertime. So we want to protect the integrity of our pastures by putting our horses into some kind of a confinement area so that um, the horse, the pastures don't get compacted, the soils don't get compacted, and the grass plants don't get overgrazed. So we all know that our horses are super smart and, you know, that they benefit from psychological as well as physical stimulation. So we want to try to do as much as we can to enhance um, (coughs) that they're in a confinement area. So we call that equine enrichment. And uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do to provide stimulation in their confinement areas. So one is looking at the shape or the design of your confinement area, like uh, track paddocks are really popular. Have you, have you guys yes, ever talked about done that. a program yes. on? Yep, we have. Yeah. Yeah. So a track paddock is a large, long confinement area shaped like a track. Um, Jamie Jackson wrote a book on it uh, years back. That's really an excellent resource for people that want to do uh, look into it a little bit more. So the track then just provides them a little bit of stimulation because they can go to different parts and see different things. So you could also set up your confinement area as like uh, a round pen or, um, or any other unusual shape that might um, encourage them to move more freely and interact with other people Also, the location of the confinement area is um, something to look at. If you can put your, I think in the old days, you know, they'd say put your horses away so they can someplace on your property so they can be quiet. And, you know, really it's the opposite that you want to do. You want to, you want them to be part of your family. So, you know, whatever is going on, you want them to be able to see and uh, be a part of it. It helps desensitize them to scary things like lawnmowers or uh, snow blowers in the wintertime and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, companionship, if you can have other horses around, um, that's really important so they can see and interact <clears throat> with each other. If If they can have other horses with them in their confinement area. That's another idea, or maybe you turn them out together in a larger turnout area or in a big arena where they, you know, for a couple hours a day, that's great enrichment. Um, Rolling and scratching our opportunities are also really good. Like if you have a sand pile in your confinement area, horses love to go and play in the sandbox. They'll go and stand on a pile of sand or roll in it or, you know, just gives them something different to think about. And then rolling is supposed to be good for um, stretching and engaging the muscles in their back and 
you know, different parts of their body that they can't necessarily reach. Uh, and then for scratching, you can uh, set up a scratching area for them. There's different things you can buy, uh, like at Stateline Tech or other uh, sources where you can attach those, like a scratching pad in a stall, and they can itch on it. They make those um, big can, ones for cows, right? They make those big cow ones. I've seen those before. Uh, oh, I haven't seen them for cows. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. They're well, like a big brush. Also, it looks huge. Yeah. You know what you might, I mean, they might make something like that for cows, but also I've seen big brushes that people have made as scratching posts for horses from street sweepers when those brushes wear out. Oh, yeah. The long ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. They you can get them from places for free and then you just slide them over a post. Huh. I've seen people also yeah. take brooms, long brooms and then, you know, take the handle off and attach them to the wall. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we got an old uh push broom right now that I was thinking we could do that with. Um, you know, instead of throwing it out, take it apart and, and attach that to the wall. Or I've seen uh we've also used like a really inexpensive one is uh, getting a, a texturized doormat of some sort and just bolting it into the corner or, or onto a post in a stall. Um, and then food, of course, our horses, uh, we all know they love to eat, but if you can give them more frequent smaller meals, um, if you can consider feeding them in different areas, uh, feeding them of their of their confinement areas so they can have it kind of initiates that seeking behavior like what they do when they're grazing and they move around um, so you could also have different kinds of low quality feed in in different parts of their confinement area for more chew time um, you know like a, you could also use a slow feeder or a hay net Anything like that was stretch it, which will stretch out their feeding time and give them something different to do and and walk around. Um, other uh, researchers in other countries have also shown that browsing is uh, a part of a nat of a wild horse's environment. It's a little tricky because you want to make sure that you're not feeding your horse brows that might be what, toxic. What, what, um, what feed him what? Brows, B R O W S E. <laughs> what is that? It's like s small branches or uh, you know parts of trees, edible plants. Really? Uh huh. You know, so horses, uh, animals are grazers or browsers herbivores are grazers or, or browsers. And we've always considered in the United States, we've always considered horses to be grazers, but there's actually research that shows that horses are probably more browsers, wild horses. So grazers. Yeah. You really want to know what you're ground. doing there as far as what's poisonous and what's not. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I always tell people that there's a really uh, good resource on the ASPCA on their website. They've got a great uh, list of plants that are toxic and non-toxic specifically to horses. So 
um, that's a good resource. And then you can talk to your veterinarian too. But, you know, like in Australia, they're really sort of leading the way. And I think in the Netherlands too. Um, so what they recommend is taking a holder, like uh, a piece of a PVC pipe and putting in some, some brows in that. So that would be like willow sticks or cottonwood or bamboo or blackberry vines. Those are ones that we know are edible for horses and are safe for them to chew on. Huh. Yeah, I know it's funny, unusual and different. Yeah, that is. I, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Now you also have, um, this is funny because we've had this conversation a lot. You also have healthy treats over the winter as opposed to, you know, just constantly doing the sugary ones. Um, and then right. you have listed here watermelon, plums, I never, without the pit, uh, I never thought mm-hmm. about plums, actually. Bananas, I couldn't, I cannot get either of our horses to even look at one. Um, uh, grapes, celery, uh, and uh, pumpkin, of course, they do like pumpkin. Um, but uh-huh. celery, we can't get them to eat either. Yeah, you know, everybody has their own tastes. I had a horse that wouldn't eat apples or carrots, so go figure. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just what they what they learn. But it is really weird seeing them eat a banana. They just like <laughs> have you ever tried that? Into Jamie? It. I've never tried. I it. haven't. Do you feed them the peel as well, or do you peel it? Uh, you could do it either any uh, way that you want. It is crazy. They just will like eat the whole thing like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But monkeys yeah. peel it. So do you yeah. just peel it and hand it to them or do you I just I don't know. I don't I think they actually monkeys in the ones in the zoo eat the whole thing. Yeah, I you know, almost every day we um my husband eats banana a banana for breakfast and so there's always one at least one banana skin. And yeah, they eat the whole thing including that funky fibrous stem, you know. They just like slurp it up. I'm going to try that again, because we haven't been able to get them to do it in the past, but maybe my pony would do that now. I want to get back to something you started with. Um, So when we had our big farm, we had about 100 acres in Pennsylvania, and we were you said something that goes against what we were kind of taught by the old timers. So the old timers would Mm say, oh, you can leave your horses out in the paddocks all winter. It doesn't hurt them. But then when the grass starts growing in, when you get your first nice weather and the rains have come and, you know, the sun's coming out, you take them off of those pastures for a month to let the grass come back. So you're saying it's better just to keep them off. And I'm talking the wet fields and, you know, any of the fields, really. Uh, So what are your thoughts on that? Because you're kind of the expert here. Well, you're not wrong, actually. You know, all of it is um, a management thing, and it's also a number, it's also about the number of horses per acre. And maybe, I mean, you said you had 100 acres, so if you just had a couple of horses, sure, you could definitely do that and rotate your horses through the pasture in the wintertime. And and you wouldn't necessarily have to take them off when the grass starts coming in because they're getting used to it. You just need to um, monitor their health, make sure. Actually, that it not wasn't that off. reason. It was to allow. The, it wasn't for the horse's benefit to take them off, and it was to let the grass grow. Is to give the grass so a chance that to come you could up. hay it. Well, just yeah. or even before you put, just for it to reestablish itself in the spring mm-hmm. before you put horses back on it. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if you had two horses and a hundred acres, that wouldn't yeah, be an it issue. Wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. You wouldn't even have to take them off. But that's a waste that of pasture case. right there. I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah, only we had like two? we had like exactly. thirty horses. So, and believe me, going to the back yeah. of a hundred acres to retrieve your horses was not fun. It was a long walk. It was annoying, I yeah. bet. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long walk. They loved it, but it yeah. was a long walk. Yeah. Uh, but so it just depends. You know, if you have, uh, like us, we've got um, 10 horses and six acres. So the the golden rule of pasture management is that you don't ever want to graze below three to four inches. And you don't want to compact the soil. So if the soil is wet... You don't want to put your horses on it because that's going to compact the soil. And once you compact it, then the roots can't breathe anymore and the plants start to um, lose their integrity and your productivity of your pasture is going to be reduced. So, you know, it just depends on what you want. If you want a productive pasture, you don't, you don't want to overgraze and you don't want to graze when the soils are wet. So you have to take, take all of that into account with the number of horses and how much land you have. There's no, no one perfect way to, to do it or no one perfect rule to say for everybody. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to put a link to this article. Yeah, you did this one last January. We're going to put a link to this article in the show notes so everybody can go take a closer read of it. Uh, where can people find you? What's the website? Or... Horsesforcleanwater.com. And I've got uh, other a whole lot of tip sheets there. I've got classes people can sign up for. Um, and I, I've got recordings of classes. And they can see where my schedule, what my schedule is and where I'm going to be speaking in person. Uh, or they can sign up to do an individual consultation with me as well. Very good. Horsesforcleanwater.com. Thank you, Elaine. Yeah, thank you. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States, or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com, it will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance, so you can have it delivered every X number of days, and you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, dailydoseequine.com online or Chewy.com. to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. It's called Jamie's Weird News, but it's not Jamie's. It's all of you who sent me stories. So if you're reading through the news and you're like, dude, that's really weird. That's what I want. Email it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Like, okay, you ready? It's been a while, been a couple weeks. So we got a collection. I was from afraid Alyssa. you wouldn't have any. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Alyssa, Rosemary, Victoria, Aaron, Stephanie, Sherry, Clark, Margaret, Laureen, Allison, Ruth, Monica, Debbie, Nancy, oh Starbright, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Now, let me have a little aside with those of you who sent me 
Oh, is this inappropriate, for the people? inappropriate news stories? I love to read those, but I can't include them on the show. So <laughs> keep sending them. It's fine. But just know that I'm going to say your name, but I'm not going to read the story about the guy who got the thing stuck up. His, and then I'm just not going to do that. But keep sending them because I love them. <laughs> All right. So this is just a really weird, crazy story. Um, do you follow? We have two golf stories today which is weird because my husband's not even here and he's the golfer, but I saw this and I, I, I had to send it to him because this is just hilarious. Do you, do you follow professional golf at all? No. Okay. There's a guy named Scott Stallings. Okay. And he lives in Georgia and he was invited. He qualified this year for the masters. And I guess the master, I learned a lot about this. Uh, the masters organization will send you an invitation via like, FedEx. Oh. And it's kind of a big deal. And they send you this box and it's your it's master's. Like I don't know if it's like, yeah. like a wedding invitation yeah. where you open a butterflies fly out. You know, I don't I don't know what it is. But anyway, so Scott Stallings qualified for the Masters. And and everybody was getting their invitations and posting it online and he didn't get his. And then he was like, oh, I know what it is. My wife has kept it, and she's going to give it to me for Christmas. It's not a big deal, right? And uh, no, she didn't. He didn't get his invitation. And he started to kind of like, like, did I not qualify for the Masters? I'm pretty sure I qualified. And then he gets this message on, I believe, Instagram. Yeah. Hi, Scott. My name is Scott Stallings as well. And I'm also from Georgia. And my wife's name is Jennifer, too. And we have a condo at Blacked Out. And I received a package from FedEx today from the Masters, inviting me to play in the Masters <laughs> tournament April 6th through the 9th. I am 100% sure this is not for me. I play, but wow, nowhere near your level. It's a very nice package, complete with everything needed to attend. I think we might some confusion because of our names and our wives' <laughs> names and our geographical location. I can be reached, blah, 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 and I am more than happy to send this package to you. <laughs> Scott Stallings replies with his Instagram post, literally, I had been checking the mailbox five times a day, and then I got this <laughs> random DM yesterday. It got sent to another Scott Stallings. So <laughs> they the get in. Yeah, and then the golfer Scott Stallings is currently in Hawaii playing in another golf tournament. And the uh, Scott Stallings, the package was delivered like a couple weeks ago, I guess. But they, it was delivered to their like. God, it's nice to have their their vacation home on an island off the coast of Georgia, which is where the real Scott Stallings actually lives. Now, fake Scott Stallings is actually a fan of real Scott Stallings because fake Scott Stallings always posts, oh, "Look how good I am at golf today," and then like follows and like champions real Scott Stallings. And so he's always posting about him. So he was like Instagramming him because he couldn't call him because he's like a famous golfer or whatever. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I don't follow that stuff. So anyway, apparently they get interviewed and he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, it's, I wanted to send it to the, to the right person. And his wife's like, he wants to meet him and get tickets. Well, I was just going to say, I hope he gets a ticket out of all this. So I don't know. I don't think he has tickets to give. But because of his kindness, the real Scott Stallings has given practice round tickets to fake Scott Stallings 
and is taking him to dinner on Monday night. Before oh, that's the cool. What a good story. There's a good Isn't story. In that cool. That's yeah. Really he said uh, the, the article ends with, as for the other Stallings, who is I call fake Scott Stallings, who consistently shoots in the mid 90s, his master's debut will have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> now, just a happy golf story. Now we're going to go the other direction. We're going to head to Bay St. Louis. An argument between two men over a golf game. It got a little crazy. This is basically in Biloxi. Mark Wells, 51 of Biloxi, was playing golf and he got in a fight with an unnamed other fellow golfer. And and things got heated. I'm assuming maybe some drinking was going on in this golf game. But not to stop Mark Wells from when the altercation happened, he jumped in his Tesla and it's like rich people's stories today. Okay. (laughs) He hopped in his Tesla and took off and then the police started looking for him and he eventually turned himself in. What happened in the altercation? Mark Wells was very angry at this other golfer and got in a fight with him and bit off his nose. Whoa. Let me repeat that. He bit off this guy's nose. The victim was taken to a hospital and the article (laughs) does say the nose was not found. (laughs) So I don't know if he ate it or what. Anyway, they've been arguing throughout the day over a golf game and one guy bit off the other guy's nose. He's now in jail. Now check this out. He faces up to seven years in prison if convicted. It's a felony. It's defined as a premeditated, quote, crime committed with the intent to kill in which the suspect mutilates, disfigures, disables, or destroys someone's tongue, eye, lip, nose, limb, or other body part. This dude is ruined. That's a specific law, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, That's a very specific You do crime. hear about people biting other people's noses, and I'm going— you know, I'm kind of a little bit of a germaphobe. I don't think I'm going for the nose. Oh, my God. He bit his nose off. First of all, off. I don't think I could do that just because it's gross. Well, uh, how do but, you let some, how do you get that close to somebody's face and true. then like go for that? And then I'm not going to let somebody get that close to my face. I mean, it's, it, the, you know what the name of the charge is? Yeah. Felony mayhem. <laughs> I mean, if you're going down, that's a pretty cool. <laughs> That's like right out of a movie. $50,000 bond. He had to pay 10% of it. He paid himself and walked out within the hour. Bye. (laughs) I picked this story for you. What do you say you get your in-laws for Christmas? Oh, the lottery tickets? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in Louisville, Kentucky, there's a young lady. And her name is Lori Janes, and she works at Harmon Dental Center as the office manager. And they had a company holiday party where they do the white elephant gift exchange. And, you know, you have the opportunity to steal things, but it can only be stolen a certain amount of time. So she goes in there and she sees, boom, I want that $25 TJ Maxx gift card. So she picks the TJ Maxx gift card. And somebody has the nerve to steal it. So then what is she stuck with? $25 worth of scratch-off lottery tickets. Oh, no. 
I mean, Please she's like, she and, a lot of money. and nobody can steal it because it's already been stolen or not, nobody has left or something. Anyway, it was hers. Once she, she said, once it got to me, it was done and mine to keep. And that's when everybody started telling her, scratch them off, scratch them off. So she scratched off the first ticket, the first ticket, $50. She won $50 on the first ticket. And then she scratched off uh, another one and she won $10. And then she found a hit the jackpot ticket and she scratched that off and won $175,000. That's a good Christmas. You're shopping at the wrong place. Imagine that dumbass who, uh, sorry, that jerk who took her TJ Maxx gift card. (laughs) I'd be like, you know what? I'm not giving you a penny. Nope. 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 She was not in work the next day either. She said everybody was going insane. People were getting their calculators out and double checking. <laughs> they even scanned the ticket on the lottery app to make sure. Can you imagine the company party where they're like, that you could have had that, <laughs> but you took the $25 TJ Maxx gift card. Do you think card. everybody's just pissed at her now? I mean, she's going to need a new job. You know, <laughs> yeah, she's I, she's nev- nobody's ever going to like her ever again. <laughs> oh my God. What'd you say it was a dentist office? Yep, she yeah. works at a dentist office, <laughs> bless her heart. I just thought of that because you had the scratch-off tickets and you yeah, it need wasn't to a shop lot of winners somewhere there. else. We didn't have any $100,000 winners, that's for sure. A hundred and basically she won almost $200,000. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, last one. I had to pick an, another sounder for this because this is, I would like to have our crazy person alert sounder introducing. Crazy person alert. This is, it can't get crazier. This is from the New York post. I'm, I'm going to try to skip through and get rid of the terrible puns that they wrote in here. Cause God bless everybody. Writes for that. <laughs> these terrible puns. Anyway, there's a British singer and she, um, I, I don't know how to tell this story because it's so bizarre. So she is a British singer and she, um, was complaining that her new husband ruined their honeymoon. Glenn ruined their honeymoon. Who is this British singer Bacardi married to? She's married to a ghost. His name is Eduardo. They met one night when he appeared in her bedroom, and they've been seeing each other ever since. Apparently, the couple hit a rough... She married a stalking ghost? She married a stalking ghost. Uh, The couple (laughs) hit a rough rough patch after Eduardo allegedly ghosted her for disclosing (laughs) their relationship to the public, but she wrote a song to win Eduardo back um, because she publicly disclosed the romance and she wanted to express the passion she feels within her soul ever since meeting Eduardo. So, like, they got married and she said it was, like, so special to walk down the aisle towards Eduardo with the song playing that I wrote for him and he had like the biggest smile on his face. And according to her, the wedding was open to both the living and the dead and saw a very star studded crowd. Do you know who was at her wedding? No. Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, and even King Henry the (laughs) eighth. Why am I never invited to these weddings? 
Well, apparently, you and I would have loved this wedding. <laughs> I, I just, I, I need, I need to know people like this. Eduardo. Apparently, just couldn't resist winding her up. This is her quote: "Where he couldn't resist winding me up and made an inappropriate comment about me looking hot." And I was like, "Wow, it's our wedding day!" And he completely ruined my evening. But things <laughs> went on, and they ended up going on their honeymoon. Oh. And apparently it was supposed to be a relaxing honeymoon. Um, but uh, listen, she says, quote, the whole trip just got worse and worse. Eduardo thought he was just for those just tuning in. Eduardo is a ghost. <laughs> can I have the crazy person alert one more time? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Crazy person alert. Here's her quote. The whole honeymoon trip just got worse and worse. Eduardo thought he was being passionate and romantic by wrestling me to the ground to frolic in the sand. But I was just trying to share my ice cream with him. And it like went everywhere, all over my face, in my hair. And then, of course, the sand stuck to it. So I looked like I had a fight with his giant seagull. Let me back up. Can you imagine sitting on the beach? And looking next to you, and this woman hits the ground, ice cream smashes in her face, and she's writhing around back and forth, and she sits up, and there's sand all around, and she's like, Eduardo, my God, stop. She says, quote, we should have been on an amazing honeymoon, but from that point, it was just ruined. Eduardo has always been unpredictable, and it is just so typical that he would ruin our honeymoon. I could keep going with the story. I'm just going to read her quotes. Would we like that? Would you like that, or should I stop? <laughs> One or two more would be good, I think. It, it just I'm just keeps picturing going. this whole scene. I know, I know. Um, imagine this lady and she's exactly what you think she looks like. Okay. Carrying on quote, Eduardo obviously doesn't. <laughs> Eduardo obviously doesn't have a bank card. So it's always me that has to pick up a tab everywhere. We visit. <laughs> she's whining that he won't pay for anything. And he like, certainly likes to go wild in our hotel room. Mini bars, liquor bottles are always mysteriously left empty. Uh, aside from the gin bottles, he doesn't like gin. They're always left standing. And he obviously uh, is, hey, oh, here we go. Um, she said that her new husband insisted that they buy 12 bottles of the best champagne upon arrival at the hotel. And she said things have not gotten any better. By the way, she just released a brand new single called It's Christmas Again, which details what it's like to be the wife of a ghost at Christmas time. She says, quote, Eduardo is really jealous at Christmas. And I've tried every day this week to put the Christmas tree up, but he just keeps knocking it over. He hates the thought of Santa coming down the chimney and he even tried to board it up. And I've told him, Santa visits everyone. And he doesn't have a crush on me, but he just doesn't understand. 12 bottles of champagne will do that to you. <laughs> I would like to go to a mini bar and drink all of it and be like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. it was so, Eduardo guy, did it. Eduardo did it. So I would I'm just not like paying to for say, that. <laughs> from now on, if anything happens in my life, that I did that I don't want to take credit for. I'm going to say Eduardo did it. Yeah, I did blame Eduardo. <laughs> oh my God. Give me the crazy person alert one more time. All right. Okay. We'll wrap with that. Okay. Crazy person alert. Um, 
Oh, wow. I, why are we never invited to the good weddings? I mean, <laughs> Elvis was there. We could have met Elvis. We could have met Marilyn the Monroe. Eighth? Henry VIII. I could have uh, met Henry VIII. I mean, <sighs> too bad. Oh, well. We miss so all the good sad. fun stuff. <laughs> I know. All the fun. All right, everybody. All right. Thank you for joining us. It's ridiculous. Right. If you're an ends. auditor, hang on. We'll uh, hang out with you for a couple of minutes. Uh, then Jamie has to go back to feeding the horses and I gotta putting go stuff put in an eyeball. Put meds in a horse's eyeball. <laughs> By the way, right. he's so happy to see me when I come in there. He's oh, just like, he's like, yay, she's back. I bet he's really happy. Hey, mm-hmm. the Sidelines episode will be out tomorrow. And they have some uh, guests on who have overcome some tragedies and uh, come out the other side. So they're going to talk to two guests like that tomorrow. That's an actual show to listen to, not like this no, one, which is right. just complete we'll utter nonsense. <laughs> hey, get your ads in to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Hey, Nooner Gals! Medicaid eyeballs. All that...